0: And we had Jesse on Rock in the Suburbs at a one point in 2018, and Jesse was talking about Springsteen albums, of course, and he was talking about the history of Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is Bruce's 1978 album, and I had never listened to Darkness on the Edge of Town around that point, point. and after having Jesse on the show, I was inspired to go to a record store and start digging for Springsteen albums, and I came across the vinyl copy Of darkness and it became an instant favorite and then i would later find out that it is an album that is revered amongst the springsteen community and critics do consider it probably one of his best albums and i agree there's definitely a lot to analyze with the themes of the album and especially the history of how it of how it came to be so yeah that is that is my springsteen story and since then i've just kept on listening
1: And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. But today, we're kind of sort of doing a Rock in the Suburbs crossover, Um, at least with one of the key people behind the scenes with Rock in the Suburbs, (laughs) a key component. I'm talking to Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Jesse. Thanks for having me on your show. No problem. Well, um, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? What's your elevator pitch?
2: My elevator pitch. All right. Well, I'm a 21-year-old uh, communication student from D.C. I'm currently going to school in upstate New York at Ithaca College, and I am known as Intern Sam on Rock in the Suburbs, which is hosted by Patrick Foster and Jim Lanihan.
1: Yeah, and um, so... There is a specific reason, not only because you're a cool guy and I wanted to talk to you, but you sent out a tweet that I'm going to tease and not talk about now, about um, you sent out a wonderful shout-out to myself and Seth Lessing, Bruce. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, And so I'm thrilled you're joining me.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, I always like to start at the beginning because that's Mm -hmm. a very good place to start. Um, (laughs) Talk to me about growing up. Talk about what kind of music your family listened to. Sure.
2: So um, I grew up listening to a lot of Motown. That was was the big music around my house. We had it in the car before baseball and soccer games, before school. It was really a lot of Motown. And then also some classic rock, um, everything from Aerosmith to ACDC to Queen, you know, but very basic classic rock stuff. And But missing from that classic rock lineup was Bruce Springsteen. My family really didn't play a lot of Bruce Springsteen all that much, so I hadn't really looked all that into him until this point. So, yes, I did listen to classic rock, but believe it or not, not a lot of Bruce Springsteen.
1: That's okay. Yeah. Um... So you're 21. So mm-hmm. what what kind of music did you listen in high school? Were you um, on the um, pop charts, uh, hip hop? What what kind of music did you listen to? You know, my my music. Um, I think it veered a little bit
2: more towards hip hop when I was in high school because um, that also was not really a genre played often through my house. And I think my brother first started playing it, and then I started to get into it a little bit. Um, not really any artist in particular that I liked, just whatever was on Shuffle on Spotify I would just listen to. And um, I also started to get into punk. That also was a, another big genre um, during my high school years. And uh, lucky for me, Ithaca, New York, has a massive punk scene. So it felt it felt good to come here and, and expand that uh, musical mindset. So, yeah, that's what
1: I listened to in high school. So, Sam, you mentioned Spotify. Um, yeah. Were were you a radio person at all? And I, I, I'm going to sound like an old man because I am old man. I'm 59. So, uh, did you, not that old. Did, did you, I mean, was radio part of your listening process at all? Yeah, I think so.
2: Um, the big radio station that we have in the DC area is big 100.3. They are the classic rock radio station. They're extremely popular in the area. And then we also have 94.7, which is for – they are the station that broadcasts the mainstream pop hits. So that sort of brought me into those hits. And then there's there's one other station I cannot remember off the top of my head, but it's in the 100th, and they do tend to play a little bit more hip-hop and rap, and that is what brought me into that scene. So I think listening to those stations actually did end up bringing me to Spotify.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, So, Sam – you, you have a website. Um, I do. It is uh, very cool. I'm going to include the link to it. But um, it seems like you've gotten creative very early. So mm-hmm. tell my audience what about, what kind of drove you? And it and, uh, sounds like you played baseball and soccer, so you're doing a lot of stuff that, um, you know, kids growing up did. But you also, there was something about, creativity that hit you so tell me a little about that yeah so
2: uh growing up um i really had a lot of trouble focusing in school <laughs> um, i uh there were just some topics when i was little that just weren't of interest to me so i'd come home and i had a fascination with uh the internet which was as, as you know becoming huge at the time so we're talking early 2000s mid-2000s and um i had a, a big fascination with computers And I was also really attracted to film. I grew up watching a lot of um, Pixar animated films and Disney animated films. And then eventually uh, dove into into some other classics after that, like Back to the Future. So just kind of expanded that. And I realized, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, you can actually do this sort of thing. So I started to do some writing. And growing growing up, I wasn't really the best writer. But as as I went through the... uh, the American uh, school system, the uh, the English teachers got better, it, and they pushed me to continue writing more and to get better. And I still think I'm not quite there yet, but um, I discovered that I really had a passion for writing, so I just kept doing that, and I com- and I brought it all together, full circle.
1: Um, you know, one of my favorite um, writers. Um, Television, film, and he has written books. Uh, J. Michael Stravinsky, he was the creative force behind Babylon 5. And he oh. quotes often, um, Art is never finished, only abandoned. And mm. he talks a lot about that it is writing. And that you, you know, sometimes if you had unlimited time, you would keep reworking and reworking and reworking the story. But sooner mm. or later, it's got to get out there. And it has to let yeah. it. You know, um, art is to be enjoyed and to be shared. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's okay. Um, I have a friend named Tom Zoller, and Mm -hmm. he um, just recently um, had a very successful web tune um, called Warning Label. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's plug for Tom. He now has it out on a trade paperback but if you go to webtoons you can read it um and he said the reason he's never gotten a tattoo is he would he would as an artist he would have to design it himself and there Mm -hmm. is nothing he's drawn ever that he wasn't unhappy with six months later i see.
2: very fascinating and 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 you're absolutely right about that i I never really feel like what I, what I create is perfect. It's, there's always something after, it's, after whatever a video that I make, or, something, or just a paper that I write or, or a script. I always feel like that there's something I wish I could have tweaked beforehand,, you know, something I didn't realize until much, much later. Um, like for example, this is going to sound silly, but I was working on a video last August on my YouTube channel and um the video was it was a basic tech video it was how to remove a battery from a camera and it was it was a very complicated process so i had to make sure that what i was communicating was understandable and and easy to to get to a to an average audience and it took months to write it and then i didn't i wrote the video in august of 2017 and i only filmed it in march of this year i mean it it went on forever i dragged it on for as long as possible and it was it was a very intense process. So you're right. I, I never really feel like it's perfect, but when if people seem to enjoy it, I mean that that makes me happy, regardless.
1: Yeah, and I do think that is a sign of creativity that you're going, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this, I'm gonna do this. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things about podcasts is you record it. I do very little editing just mm-hmm. because I don't have the time, and I've decided Mm -hmm. that my uhs and sos, people forgive me for. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I go back and hear them, I do hear all the flaws and also go, "Ah, I should have asked a different question there. I should have (laughs) done this. Mm -hmm. When I read interviews with actors, many of them say they won't watch their own work for that very reason, because all they see are the mistakes they made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I bet that. Um, so you're you're liking computers, you're working on. Um, why did you decide to start a YouTube channel? So I,
2: when I was little, so this was like, I think, late middle school, there was this big trend going on with um, stop-motion animation. And I was really into that with Legos, that, that sort of thing. So I wanted to make a YouTube channel about that. And my parents were firmly against it. I think they were worried about that That they, they didn't want me to not be creative. They I think they felt uncomfortable with the fact of having a 13-year-old make videos on the internet, which I understand. It's, I'm sure to make parents a thought of that is rather concerning. But I wanted to prove to them that I could do it, and I could make it work, and I could be mature about it. And... I still have it to this day. I still post content to it and it, it has actually helped me tremendously in my develop, in my creative development and my professional development. I mean many of the many it becomes a big talking point wherever I work. They go, so you have this YouTube channel and I just keep telling myself, man, I'm really really glad I started this all those years ago because I don't know where I don't know where I would be without it to be quite honest. It's, it's, it is what has helped me become who I am as a creator.
1: You you mentioned that people bring up the YouTube channel. Do you think that's helped you f- gotten gigs?
2: I think so. I think that's what's helped me because they're able to really see what kind of what what kind of stuff I create and how my mind works and how my process works. So yeah, I actually do think it has helped me that way.
1: Now, um, your page has talked about you've done web pages. You've worked at the USA Today, ICTV. Did you just talk about how you got these gigs? Talk about what you, how you started working and doing this kind of um you know professional level work?
2: Sure. So I um I've always been fascinated with news. I grew up watching Peter Jennings when he was on ABC World News. I grew up watching 60 Minutes. Um I grew up watching Tom Brokaw when he was on NBC News. So I I've, I've been a big news guy since I was little. And um I've always I've always admired reporters, and and I've admired journalists, period, because I think what they do is not easy, and it's thought-provoking. It's very challenging, and I've always wanted to do something like that, so Ictv is Ithaca College's local television station, and that's why I got involved. I, I pitched that multiple times, and... In order to get on ICTV, I think what also helped was my experience at um, USA Today's former college section. They used to have a section on their site that recruited college students, and college students could write on that section stories from around the country, stories from their campuses. And that, I think, also helped me as well. So in addition to showing off my writing style there, they could also see the way I create videos on my YouTube channel and then they were able to kind of put two and two together and
1: then maybe let me have a chance.
2: So um, that's sort of how I got involved with that.
1: That sounds great. Um, so I've got to ask your secret origin. How did you become Intern Sam working with Jim and Patrick?
2: You know, that's that's a good question, Jesse. Intern Sam was a name made up, I think, by, by both of them. I, I actually don't quite remember which one of them made it up, but... They, start, they kept calling me Intern Sam when I hadn't even appeared on the show yet. I think my, the first time I was recruited, I, they asked me to, to help out, I think, in August of last year. And I didn't appear on the show until October last year. So this is 2017. And I, um, once I finally came on the show and started talking, I, I read one comment that said, I thought Intern Sam was a made-up character. <laughs> They actually didn't think there was a legitimate person nicknamed Intern Sam. So it's it's a nickname that they created, and it's just kind of stuck. I mean, I like it. I think it's really catchy. I think it's funny.
1: I do too. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. What are, besides being entertaining on the air, what are duties as Intern Sam? What are duties as Intern Sam?
2: Well, uh, managing our website, which is suburbspod.com. Uh, we post articles up there that coordinate with our episodes, which are released on on a on many podcasting platforms: Audio Boom, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, you name it. And those articles correspond with those podcast episodes. So there, you will find summaries, songs that are played in the episode, uh, people that star in the episode, artists, and even some fun facts and videos. So it's, um, it's, it's quite a lot. And I also manage our song list, which throws in all, of which it, it aggregates all of the songs that um, we have played on that show. And we have played tons. <laughs> so it's a big list. And, um, yeah, so but managing a website, promoting um, the show on social media it's it's wonderful. it's it's really, really a lot of stuff and it keeps me busy.
1: well, I, I love the website and I love thank you the um, I love the kind of articles. I was so happy that the guys had asked me to fill in of uh, a couple of times, you know for a couple of episodes this summer I've you know as a summer fill-in host. and I was so happy kind of seeing the um, summary you had written about the episodes that I and my other guest had attended. Um thank so you. thank you for that work. It, it's really well done. But going back even further, how did you get the gig? How did I get the gig?
2: So when Jim and Patrick worked for another podcast, I don't quite know what they I don't quite know if they talk about where they used to work a lot, but they used to have another podcast. Yes. And that is how I met them. I met them while they were working on that other podcast. And I had been, I knew Patrick a little bit better than Jim at the time. I knew who Jim was though. And I had kept in touch with Patrick over the last few years. So I first met Patrick in 2015. And I had kept in touch with him for the last two years after that point. And then he sent me a note when I was at one of my internships saying, hey, I'm, we're doing this podcast. And I didn't know at the time if it, if it was through their other occupation or if this was their own thing. And then once I finally met up with Patrick and he explained to me, what the show was all about, I mean, it really intrigued me. And I personally, I really wanted to expand my music taste a bit more, and I really wanted to listen to more artists. And I felt like in addition to forcing me to write and forcing me to be busy and encouraging me to work really hard, this, this also helped me expand my music taste, and it it definitely has helped me as a person. <laughs> and I am definitely more easily entertained now than I was a year or two ago, so it's been great.
1: Yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, Sam. Not only are you bringing a lot of your skill and your passion to modifying this playlist and doing the web work and sites, is um, because that's a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. I keep thinking that I want to create a set listening Bruce, you know, web page.
3: And I mm-hmm. just
1: haven't taken the time to build it yet. And uh, I, I see. And, but you do a great job of that to help them, so that when you, you know, you search for it, there it's there. So I think that's important for their brand mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do. But I do think it's pretty fun that this is also, and I say forced, but it. I, I think a better word is it allows you. To wanna kind of have a graduate course in other music. Yes,
2: absolutely. And I, I don't mean force in a negative context at all. I mean this is this is nothing but fun. It is here it is so much fun. This is but I keep telling everybody this is the coolest internship ever. It's, <laughs> I get to listen to music, I get to um, hear interviews with other artists, with you. I mean it's just all over the place. And it, it gives me things to tell and it's it's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I think um, it it's a combination of it's helping build your skills, expanding your knowledge, and um, to sound like an old band, it will look good on your resume. <laughs> Thank you. Right. that That's a good yeah. thing to do. I agree. I love talking about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you um, talk about your recent purchase in vinyl, share Mm -hmm. what you tweeted, and then tell me the story behind this.
2: Sure. So I tweeted that I bought um, Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is Bruce Springsteen's 1978 album. Am I I getting that correct? Yes. 1978? Okay, good. 1978. Um, I bought that album after listening to you on our show, which was episode 374 of Rock in the Suburbs. You had talked about the history of that album and of many of the songs on that album. And it was the first time because you had been on the show before talking about other Team related experiences, concerts, Broadway shows, meetups. I think that there was a brewery episode at one point. So you had really talked about them a lot. And I, um, this was the one that finally fit me. And I went and I found it at a record store and I played it the whole way through for the first time on vinyl and I said, oh, my goodness, this guy is the real deal. This, they call him the boss for a reason. He is really, really good. <laughs>
1: there, uh, you know, I love that, Sam, because sometimes there are classics that are classics because in context. If you mm-hmm. There are films, and you talked about classic films, but there are certain classic films that you go – Oh, the reason this is amazing is this is the first time it's done that. And I know now then it seems cliche, but when you think about – like John Ford's Stagecoach I, I, is a classic Western that now has a lot of tropes, but at the first time that was – it wasn't tropes. Um, mm-hmm. The Day the Earth Stood Still is a movie I had never watched, the original, not the remake. And mm-hmm. I watched it, and I was blown away – what a great movie it was, not yeah. a great movie because it's supposed to be, or not a great movie in context, con, you know, just in the context, it was just a great movie. I was like, oh my gosh, this was so entertaining, and so mm-hmm. it's very satisfying to hear you, you know, with quote unquote fresh ears, you put in the drop the needle down, and you hear this album that is beloved by so many people, and you go. Mm-hmm holy, this is something pretty special. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, Sam, what about it kind of spoke to you? Why did you, what made you think this is the real deal? What about the sh- album?
2: I really like the way he tells stories in his songs because usually, and, I've, and I've, I've just noticed this about myself, when I've listened to music in the past, It's I've been kind of been mindlessly listening. I haven't really been digging all that deep into what the artist is trying to convey through their work. And once I finally listened to Springsteen, it's it's like the light bulb went on in my head. I said, oh, he's telling a story. I actually have to listen. So I listen, I listen, and then as the song's done, it then, I I feel I actually feel something that I hadn't actually felt before with some other songs. It, wasn't, it didn't feel like a generic pop or rock hit. It actually felt like there was crap in it. And I... It just made it clear to me why he's beloved by so many people.
1: Um, any specific songs that stood out on the album?
2: The Promised Land,
1: um, hands down. That was probably my favorite
2: song on the album. And unfortunately, I, um, I'm as I'm still a, a Springsteen newbie. I don't quite have other other um, favorite songs just yet because I'm still listening. I'm still actively listening and trying to pick out which ones. I do like more than others, but I just thought The Promise Line was just a really amazing ballad. It was so well done.
1: You know, Sam, Mm. I have had um, Springsteen newbie episodes in the past where I give a list of ten Springsteen songs throughout his career. I Mm -hmm. give them up in advance, and then after – Giving you some time, um, we have you back on, and you discuss the ten songs.
2: Oh wow, that's cool.
1: Yeah, either you know, like I like them, I don't like them, and mm. "Promised Land" is one of the songs on that list. So, oh. um, so I, I I may send you that and think about it. And if you want to come back on and discuss mm. that, kind of as a a hodgepodge of uh, kind of a sampling. Think of it as a sampler pack of Springsteen. We could do that. I, I, that sounds brilliant. That's a great idea too. Great idea. Well, thanks. Um, so, this album has made you. You'd like to look at some more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I keep telling myself. I mean,
2: God. I mean, it's at this. I'm 21, and I'm just, and I'm just listening to Bruce Springsteen. It's one of those things that I wished I had probably started listening to when I was 14. Um, but I've been listening to – so I started off with Darkness on the Edge of Town, and then I've been working backwards. So then I listened to Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, and then I accidentally skipped The Wild and the Innocent and listened to Born to Run. And then now I'm in the middle of listening to The Wild and the Innocent. The Wild and the Innocent. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a journey for
1: sure. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, I'm a little choked up that um, me just jumping on the podcast got you enough to like, hey, I'm going to try this. Yeah, it was it
2: was good. It was good. You were very convincing, and you are a great storyteller as well. And it was it was a good pitch. So I went and fell in love just like that.
1: <laughs> good, very nice. Um, so what's what's next for intern Sam? What do you got planned? Has uh, has school started?
2: School is well. So, but by the time this episode goes up, yes, school will have started. And um, I will be in my senior year of uh, college, so I, will be,
1: I am on the road to graduating. Fingers crossed.
2: <laughs> and do so, um,
1: you know what yeah. you want to be when you grow up?
2: Well, my, the dream role is to be either an anchor or a reporter. Just any, anything that has to do with storytelling and journalism. I would, I would love to do that. that. That would be my dream.
1: Are you going to go to graduate school, or you've had enough school? You know, I think for
2: now it's enough school, and then maybe if I decide, you know, maybe I do want to learn that, then, yeah, I think I'll definitely go to grad school.
1: Um, any, um, does anything, uh, shows coming up in the near future that you're going to go see?
2: Any shows that I'm going to go see? Well, I have a friend here on campus who is in his own band, and they're just starting to sort of get off the ground at this point, and... I, they're going to have a couple concerts coming up, actually, this year. So I'm going to try to go to more of those. And um, basically any concerts that my roommates are going to, I'm most likely going to go to. And I, frankly, have no idea at this point. Um,
1: but, yeah. And now will you continue the internship till you graduate? graduating? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's good. Well, very cool. All right. So what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? Sam?
2: Um, Well, you can reach me on uh, Twitter. My Twitter name is S Lisker. That's S L I S K E R. And then my YouTube channel is just my name, Sam Lisker. And Instagram is just Sam Lisker. And yeah, that's pretty much how you can get in touch with me and uh, talk to me and see the kind of content that I create.
1: All right, very nice. Um, I, I, um, anything you want to plug as far as upcoming, um, Rock in the Suburb episodes?
2: Yes, we actually do have a live show coming up in September. I don't know exactly when this episode is going to air, but it'll be in early September. We have a live show coming up or late September. I can't, I can't quite remember off the top of my head at this point, but it is, um, it is at later, obviously later 2018. And, um, that's, that's the big thing that we have coming up um, in terms of interviews and other content that, uh, that I kind of have to keep sealed until okay. <laughs> until that is
1: announced. <laughs> so, Sam, did mm-hmm. did I get at least a couple of nice people that they enjoyed my fill-in episodes as I beg yeah. for nice – thank you. Whether you're telling the truth or not, I appreciate that. It, <laughs> it, I was so honored they um, – and, and let's be honest, they didn't ask me. They just threw an open call, and I went, I can't, I can't, I can't. Please, please, please. <laughs> um, this is great. All right. Um, hang tight while I take care of a little SLB um, business. You can reach this show at Bruce at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at Bruce, my personal Twitter, at jessejacksondfw. Um, reach out to us. Give us your thoughts. Go to iTunes to rate and review us. I cannot tell you how important that is. Sam, tell them how important that is.
2: It is so important, and we encourage that on our show as well. So get out there and rate and leave a wonderful comment.
1: It is. It is the way people it, – it's got all to do with mathematics and um, you know searches, engines, and and so, the more reviews and the more five star ratings, it's the easier for people to find us, and that's all about. We do this as much as we love hearing ourselves talk. The reality is, we like the people to hear, and we want to mm-hmm. share that. Um, exactly. Yes, um, Sam. I'm gonna I'm gonna email you the songs, and we'll all set right. up some time for us to talk. Thank you. Excellent. Good luck on your senior year. Uh, stay Thank focused. You. Eyes on the prize. Mm -hmm. and uh, thank you for all you do. I appreciate you.
2: Oh, you're welcome, Jesse, and thanks again for having me on. This was a lot of fun.
1: Well, you did a great job, and it was great having you. Uh, For now, listeners, we'll talk to you soon. We now skip ahead to a year later when we had Sam back on the show. This was in June 2019, and he's talking all about darkness. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Set Listening Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, up early on a Saturday morning as we record this because my guest was kind enough to take time out of his busy schedule to join me. Welcome Sam Lisker, also known as Sam the Intern.
0: Good morning, Jesse. It's great to be on the show again.
1: Yeah, Sam was with us back in September of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and we'll probably – he's going to talk about this in a minute. But Sam was a active member of uh, Rock in the Suburb. He, that's where he got his – he helped Jim and Patrick on their great podcast as an intern. And he just recently spent a week on the show as one of the people doing Springsteen Week. And That's right. I got to tell you, I I was mixed emotions. One, I was jealous as heck that I couldn't <laughs> have been on every episode. <laughs> Two, I loved the discussions. Oh, I'm so glad. It, it was, I think, the um, for those of you who haven't heard, go listen to it. But they took, um, in honor of Western Stars coming out, they took, you know, they went five um, releases in a row. They starting with Born to Run. And then went of his five in a row and ending in Born in the USA and talking about the different changes, the music. And they made a strong argument that has there been a better five in a row from an artist? And uh, I think, of course, I'm biased, but I think that was a pretty good argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, it's really something. Yeah. So – Uh, For those of you who have not heard, uh, tell us your Springsteen story.
0: Absolutely. So the last time I was on the show, I had just started my senior year in school, and we had Jesse on Rock in the Suburbs at uh, one point in 2018. And Jesse was talking about Springsteen albums, of course. And he was talking about the history of Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is Bruce's 1978 album. And I had never listened to Darkness on the Edge of Town around that point. And after having Jesse on the show, I was inspired to go to a record store and start digging for Springsteen albums. And I came across the vinyl copy of Darkness, and it became an instant favorite. And then I would later find out that it is an album that is revered amongst the Springsteen community, and critics do consider it probably one of his best albums, and I agree. There's definitely a lot to analyze with the themes of the album, and especially the history of how it of how it came to be. So yeah, that is, that is my Springsteen story. And since then I've just kept on listening. That is awesome.
1: Did, um, did, what was your normal, and I can't remember if I asked you this last time, what was your normal, what would have been your go-to music? What would your, what would you call your favorite bands or favorite genre?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm a big fan of soul music. So anything Motown, um, I'm, I don't really have a favorite, but um, I'm also a fan of the bigger artists. I'm I'm a huge fan of Michael Jackson's music, and so anything pop, rock, soul. Um, but I hadn't really listened to. Would Springsteen be defined as Americana? Is that how his, his music would be would be categorized? Americana rock and roll.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think he's definitely, um, you know, um, he is a wide range, and I would definitely call it, you know. Um, you know, I tend to think of Americana as Jason Isbell and oh Baltimore, yeah <laughs> but but no uh, uh, definitely American rock and roll um not as much pop um mm. though I'm sure you've talked about it and um you know the theory a lot of people believe that if he had wanted to be a great pop music you know songwriter, he could have because when he goes to that, he's able to go you know, pretty well, very quickly. Yeah, Um, yeah. So when you, you say you've been looking back, how did you, did you randomly go through his back catalog? Did you do it with a kind of a plan? Talk to me a little
0: about that. So it just be, it just became kind of random after that. Um, I so I had Darkness on Vinyl, but then that was really the only Springsteen album I had at that point. I had listened to a couple of songs off Born in the USA. I'd listened to songs off of uh, Born to Run, um, but never, of course, up until Springsteen Week, I hadn't listened to those albums the entire way through, and that was the first time I had really done that. So Springsteen Week was the first on our show was the first time I had really listened to Born to Run, um, and Born in the USA and Nebraska. And The River um, all the way through. And Darkness, obviously, I'd listened to all the way through before that point. Um, so it that was planned. The Springsteen Week was all planned listening to those mm-hmm. albums. But then I think the one record that I actually went out and bought that I just spontaneously did was Springsteen's first album, um, Greetings from – it's the Asbury Park one. Yeah. And I found that at a record fair in Ithaca, New York, and I listened to that. I enjoyed it. I certainly don't think it's the strongest work, but it was good to to finally start back at the beginning and then understand how he evolved up until up on to darkness. Yeah. And then um and then after that I found a CD copy of his second album here at my house back at home. And um yeah, just listen to that, and then after that, I just kind of put Springsteen down. Um, I so up until that point, I'd only listened to all the way through his first record, his second record, and Darkness. And then, of course, when Springsteen Week came along, then I went ahead and just listened to all five of those other records. So,
1: um, I, so I'm probably just going to go through and and um, when Sam was on Springsteen Week, uh, we had Mike. Jim, Patrick, and him, so there was a rotation. So this gives you a little more chance to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, your thoughts on – I'm just going to go through kind of the five. Born to Run? Born to Run is amazing. That was a fun mm-hmm. album
0: to listen to. Um, I don't quite remember – so uh, disclaimer, I don't quite remember all of my thoughts because with when we record all those episodes, we record them like all at once. Yes. And I just – so there was just a lot of just back and forth, but I remember absolutely loving foreign to run. I thought that was an amazing record to start the week. And then it was a good progression to darkness because there was a little bit of turmoil that was happening in his career in terms of management around that time. So that sort of helped set up how darkness came about. Yeah. And, um, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. (laughs) So yeah, that was, I thought that was a great way to start. And then after, um, after darkness was uh, the river. Yeah. the river. I remember. I thought the river was an exhausting record to listen to. I I know it's a two LP. It it. I treated it kind of like the the scraps from darkness. Like it was all these rec. It was all these songs that could have been put on darkness. I feel like, but then they were just scattered on a two on a two LP.
1: Um, and then after that was so. Um, uh, I wanted to. Yeah, I think the way you talk about. It, you know, it's an ex- it's a long record, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I there are a lot of um, like my best friend who have one of my best friends who happens to be named Sam as well. Yeah. always says that you know if if you could pick just the songs you wanted off the river, it would be one of his greatest um, albums, but it would be the ones I want. You know, uh, and. <laughs> So I always thought it's funny. Um, And, you know, I I was lucky enough to go see him during the 2016 tour where he was, you know, where he did the um, river and, you know, in a row. So that was, you know, and my wife asked the question, are you not tired? And I'm like, "Eh." the songs I were bored with. Uh, I'm still bored with the songs i love <laughs> I still love so I'm gonna t- uh, I'm gonna tell a story and then I want to get your thoughts so sure in right out of high school way back in 1977 I bought a eight track uh called endless summer <clears throat> by the beach boys mm-hmm. and it blew me away I just i listened to that over and over and over again and so I started exploring exploring any Beach Boy album or 8-track, you know, because that's the style back then, Um, Mm -hmm. I I bought and I just loved. I just could not get enough. And then I ended up picking up Pet Sounds. Oh, all right. And I went, what the heck is this? (laughs) This doesn't sound like any Beach Boy songs. There's no surf. There's no... I mean, the harmony was there, but a couple of songs had no words. What What the heck is this? Um. So when you were talking about Nebraska, mm-hmm. that story, I, I, and, I, and I've and actually, I'm a little embarrassing. You know, I'm talking to uh, my podcast player. You know, I'm, I'm listening to a Bluetooth in my car, and I'm like speaking to my car. Sam, I know exactly. So talk about Nebraska with me. Absolutely. Nebraska was a direction I wasn't
0: expecting to uh go down with Springsteen. I was not expecting to go into an album where there were themes about murderers and psychopaths and again also circling back with the theme where Springsteen's talking about people that are just that that are just going through hard times and then it just I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting him to sort of get to a point where he was singing about criminals and then making us feel feel Feel, I don't know, I don't want to say sympathetic because I certainly don't want to feel that way, but sort of get into a mindset where we can understand exactly what they were feeling, but at the same time, not completely understand why they would go forward with the acts that they did. It was a very odd album for me to dissect, and I had it was just challenging for me, and I didn't quite understand what in i so i'm going to back up a bit cuz i don't want to ramble i know springsteen was a big movie buff and i understand that he really likes the concepts behind you know a really good story and 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 something like that but um i wasn't and i know that these demos were were critical the the demo sound for nebraska was critical to get this theme across of um somebody that's that's in a very dark place and i agree that if he had recorded that record with the e street band i really don't think we would have had that same effect it probably would have been a little bit more rocky but this was just it was almost more folky or country that and that's what nebraska that's what i thought of nebraska it was just a hard one for me to for me to even think about
1: yeah and i think that's a fair um that's a fair first impression it is very different, and it is, um, you know, where you're like, wow, this is different, mm-hmm. um, and and I think your point about, while not sympathetic, you're going, um, every villain is the hero in their own story, ah. you know that, um, and that's very very. Um, you know basic storytelling and and if you hear people interviewing with um you know actors talk about well you know i had to play this guy or this gal as if she knew she right you -hmm. know because she would be or else you know uh no one thinks they're going to be this okay uh i'm ready to go be the worst person in the world you know
0: right right
1: Um, and, uh and what I find interesting is that um you get a little bit like Atlantic City while amazing with Bruce it you know it has become a fairly often live show that the whole Eastery band will do and uh and it sounds great um but I agree with you that I don't know if that album would be the same thing if they had tried to do that and it's kind mm-hmm. of it's kind of special that um he did this very early um and then of course um if you read um peter carlin's books or dave marsh you know biographies of him um the record company basically like okay you had your fun now we'd like a different kind of album. And then he got him, gave him Born in the USA. It was almost like a thank you, like, okay, well, you know, you let me kind of experiment. Here, let me, uh, let me show you this one. <laughs> wow.
0: I never thought of it that way. That's yeah. interesting.
1: Now, um, obviously you knew a lot of songs from Born in the USA. Just yes. from pop culture. Mm-hmm. Were there any songs that surprised you as you listened to the whole album? Um there were certainly a couple of songs
0: if I'm trying to, I I just remember really liking the entirety of side 1. That's yeah. that was the that was the side that I think really just just sucked me into the whole thing. One song I think in particular that really that I really liked was Actually Working on the Highway. It was just fast. It was just a fast tempo and I just it was it was good and it was a song that unfortunately I don't know I don't know if it was a single I know there were a lot of singles that spawned off of born in the USA I don't know off the top of my head unfortunately if working on the highway was one of them but it was just it was just a good jingle and I liked it and I also like um, I'm going down but I'm pretty sure a lot of people know that's yeah song.
1: Um, yeah um, I love the guitar intro to mm-hmm. working on the highway and it just gets a great start. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's too fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so have you got a chance to listen to Western Stars?
0: I have, and I listened to it actually just yesterday. So originally, um, originally we were either going to have this discussion, it was going to be either last week or today. So last week when Western Stars came out, I, I did listen to it and, since I'm at work I typically just put one earbud in leave sure. the other one out um so I really didn't feel like I got the full experience just only using the one earbud and you know multitasking so this week I actually had some time to kind of step back and listen to the whole thing through with no distraction and I I liked it I I certainly and I've I've told some people this I certainly don't think Western Stars is Bruce Springsteen's best, but I do think that it is a good step for him as he's as he's getting older. Um, He's obviously not the rebellious young man he was back in the 80s where he's talking about wanting to escape, wanting to get out and wanting to go and, and do something with his life. Now he's like this. He's this old wise man that's talking about his journeys and and his adventures that he's had in the past and what he's been through. And it, it just adds – it's a very calm – it's a very calming record, and it's it's something that I actually really ended up liking. I'm not a big country guy. I've never really been huge into country music, so I wasn't sure how I was going to feel going into this. But I'm very impressed with how Springsteen was able to get this style through. And then something else that I really liked was right up until we get to the song Stones, Stones was almost like the return back to the old Springsteen. Suddenly that – that accent that he had at the beginning of the record was gone. And he was back to how he was sounding at a, during the river or during the darkness era. So it, it was good. It, he, 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 it was a gentle merge between styles and it was, it was a very enjoyable record.
1: You know, what I found interesting and um, you know, we've talked a lot about this on the show that um, you know, magic wrecking ball, are two of his later albums that a lot of people, including me, really have a lot of praise for. Mm -hmm. And to be almost 70 and to do this album, and now he recorded it several years ago, but um, it's a nice creative stretch. And um, I, you know, growing up in my house, um, you know, Glenn Campbell and a lot of that, Um, Jimmy Webb type songs where that you have that lush orchestra country music was really big in my house. So Mm -hmm. hearing that, uh, like when they started, when he first released that first single, Hello Sunshine, you went, oh my goodness, this could be, you know, an early 70s Gluten Campbell song. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I mean that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I'm glad you've liked it. I I have really enjoyed it. I've um, you know, kind of doing the same thing when it came out. I um, I was at work, but it wasn't very busy, and so I I put it on my um, you know, I had my headset on listening, and everyone keep coming up to me, "Are you on the phone?" "No, no, no, I'm okay. What can I do?" <laughs> um, and uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. I've really um, been impressed how he's pushed himself Mm -hmm. and the arrangements with all the uh, orchestra, you know, the different strings and horns. Yeah, it's very Very, pretty. Yeah, very pretty and very different for him. Um, It's nice. It's going to be really nice. Um, So I told you I was going to ask this, but um, do you and I'm. As I jokingly said, I'm going to ask you to speak for your generation. But, um, you know, my son Chris is 30, Mm -hmm. and the reason he has become a Springsteen fan is because I'm a Springsteen fan. Right. And he went to a show with me. The only reason he went to a show with me is because, hey, pops, I'll go with you and we'll have fun. And so he's made two shows, and now he's become a big fan. Okay. I don't know how much of that is just out of fatherhood you know in indulging the old man. <laughs> but you know, do you think that um, there are other there is a market among quote unquote, you know college age young people, whatever you want to call it for Springsteen's work or are you just an old soul that um, the music spoke to?
0: Well, I'll answer that question in two ways. I do think I am an old soul, so I'm, I'm a sucker for, for this for this kind of style. But I certainly do think, to, to the second part of that question, I do think that there is a market for this music for people between the ages of 22 and 30. Um, I remember, because when the album came out, I just went on Bruce Springsteen's Twitter. It's obviously managed by his team. But I was looking at all the different photos from the launch party, and I noticed that they strategically chose photographs of young people either in their 20s or 30s that went to the release party of this record. So, I do really think that there is that there is a um a group of um of young people that definitely are just starting to get into Springsteen's work and will enjoy this album and something else i think is so fascinating i'm I'm on reddit a lot mm-hmm. reddit.com and i posted on reddit um during the beginning of our springsteen week about born to run and about how i never listened to it all the way through and i really liked it and i posted it on the springsteen subreddit and i asked i asked people that were subscribed there what what are your favorite tracks from the record and i just got nothing but wonderful comments from people saying, oh, my God, you're, you're new to his music. This is great. You're, you have so much to listen to. And then I remember I read one comment that said, man, I'm so jealous. I wish I could listen to Springsteen music like it was all new to me. <laughs> so I, I, I do think that there is some potential for young people to, to get involved in listening to his songs. And I think that I remember it at Ithaca. Obviously, Ithaca is a huge music school. A lot of people listen to Springsteen there. Most of of the kids that go to Ithaca are from New Jersey. They love Bruce Springsteen. So his music was on blast almost all the time there. So I do Mm -hmm. think that a lot of people definitely do love his older music, and if they're a big fan of it, they will love this more – this mature album that he's come
1: out with. Yeah. So um, thank you for that. Uh, You've graduated now. Congratulations. Thank you. And you are employed full-time now. Yes, I am. So, uh, I understand you're working in the news business. I am. I'm working in the news business in uh, DC. It's, um,
0: it's really, really crazy right now because we're approaching an election year, um, next year. So obviously things are, things are starting to heat up a little bit, but, um, it's a fast, fast business and I'm really liking it.
1: Now, um, uh, I saw that Jim and Patrick introduced two new interns.
0: Yes, so they did. So
1: you, you have moved the gauntlet. You've, you know, you've given um, – are you uh, no longer interacting, no longer helping out with uh, Jim and Patrick, correct? No, I am. Oh, I you still, still are. Oh, yeah, nice. I still am, yeah. What are the – pl- how – first off, how do you find time between working <laughs> – and, and I was going to ask, what else are you doing creatively – To scratch that itch. I mean, I realize you need to, there is a lot of joy in working in your gig, you know, Mm -hmm. and and helping to do that. But creatively, what are you doing to kind of scratch that creative itch? Sure. So I'll actually touch back on the last thing you mentioned. We have brought on
0: some other interns. We've brought on, um, in, we brought, brought on editing interns. We've had obviously Matt, our male intern. He's, he's been with us for a while. And, um, I'm still doing web stuff. So all the articles that you're reading, um, the song list, I'm still updating all of that and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I love working with Jim and Patrick. I think it's always, it's so much fun. Um, so to scratch that creative itch, I've just been working, I've actually sort of been, Training myself on how to use creative programs. Just, oh, okay. just last, just last week, we actually had some training at the office on some different editing applications because a lot of us in the news business have to are now editing our own stuff. There, there isn't really a dedicated editing team. It's everything has sort of evolved to a point now where reporters and um, other and and other producers are are editing their own things. So we're getting we're getting more training in that. So I've just been trying to focus on on building up my expertise in that field. And um, I do have a YouTube channel that I haven't touched in a year. It's definitely something that I want to get back into. And um, in terms of finding time for the show, I just, right after work, I come home and I start working on it. And I consider it a very relaxing thing. It's, it's really, it kind of takes my mind off of what's going on in the news. And then I can, I can focus on music and I can just listen to it and really absorb it all and just, and just collect myself. So
1: yeah, that's how I do it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, this is, uh, I do a couple of podcasts, and 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 it, it truly is uh, how I feel like I stretch my creative muscles. I get to talk to great people, um, you know, and kind of share. Um, <laughs> what's, what's funny is it, the old cliche, when it rains, it pours. You know, I'll go weeks without anyone wanting to just schedules can't work out, and then all of a sudden for like two weeks I'll have like, you know five people that can talk so i'm like okay trying to schedule all this um because the whole fear right is uh, i've got no episode loaded (laughs) i got no episode (laughs) recorded yeah and and, uh you know and i i guess i could take a break but i don't want to um that is very cool any future plans or anything going on that you uh want to share well, as of now,
0: no. Um, I don't really have anything anything personally going on. Just um, still working on Rock in the Suburbs, and um, I'm hoping that maybe a few months down the line, I can start making I can start doing my own creative things in addition to Rock in the Suburbs because I just I love the show so much. And um, yeah, because I'd like to get back into um, into making web videos. I I love working I love working on podcasts and i think that's been a great a great field to learn more about but videos have always been my passion and i definitely do want to go back into doing that again so maybe by the end of the summer once i finally once i'm finally more organized and i can really understand how my schedule works i can definitely get that going again
1: very nice um that sounds like a good plan um if someone wants to reach you how is the best way to reach you twitter is the
0: best way to reach me my um my Twitter username is Slisker. That's S-L-I-S-K-E-R.
1: All right. Very nice. And uh, do you have any um, guest appearances coming up on Rocking the supper Maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe Very I nice. might be
0: back on in a bit um, I went a uh, CD shopping with uh, Jim and Patrick actually just last weekend and oh, they, they, they they gave me a couple of CDs and uh, they were like listen to these listen to these we want to hear what you think so oh, I'm okay. looking
1: forward to being back on the show to talk about that That sounds fun uh, I'm um, I've had a couple people um, who were interested in doing the summer fill-in shows oh, so, great! yeah so I've I've got a couple of those to edit uh, that they were nice enough to – we set up and we visited. And so I'm going to edit those and share them in for the – to help fill out while they're out doing dad business. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So, Sam, hang on while I do a little business. Uh, if you want to join me and share your Springsteen story, um, I'm easy to reach. You can get me at setlestingbruce at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at setlessthingbruce. And, uh, you know, give me a call. Tell me what you want to hear. Uh, give me some feedback. We'd love to have you talk. Um, you can also reach me on Twitter at Jesse Jackson, DFW. Please go to iTunes and your other podcast players to subscribe, rate, and review us. Um, it really does help us find new listeners. Um, Sam, thank you again for getting up early on a Saturday and visiting with me. This was a blast. It always is. Um, any final thoughts? Um, I'm gonna keep listening to Bruce I'm def- I definitely have to keep listening
0: to uh, more of his catalog and I- now I need to go ahead of Born in the USA and I need to listen to
1: more. <laughs> so very nice yeah. so this has been great. Thank you so much, Jesse. Well I t- you know let's let's plan when you listen to some of the later ones you know reach out to me and go okay, I've listened to Tunnel of love. Mm-hmm. you know I've listened to wrecking ball magic, the couple of the two. Uh, albums he did without the E Street Band. Reach out to me and say, "Hey, I'm ready to have another talk, and we'll kind of do another quick visit about what you're seeing." Does it sound Absolutely. good? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All right, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Hello, listeners. Here's a little bonus section. A the week before Western Stars was released. I recorded a couple fill in episodes for our buddies at Rock in the Suburbs. I interviewed, one of the episodes I did was an interview with Kevin Clement. We discussed Cajun music. Um, don't know when those are going to be out, but when they do, I hope you check it out. I hope you always check out Jim and Patrick on Rock in the Suburbs. They had a week of Bruce Springsteen discussions where five days in a row, obviously a week, they went from Born to Run, Darkness, River, Nebraska, Born in the USA. And their argument was they do not know of another artist who had five such amazing releases in a row. Uh, Pretty strong, um, let's call it a straight flush. Anyway, as Kevin and I were getting ready to discuss Louisiana music, uh, as I usually do with a guest, we talk beforehand. And we had a couple minutes to discussion of Bruce Springsteen, and I thought it was interesting enough that I saved this. I pulled it off the cutting room floor, and I'm going to add it to the tail end of this episode, which I think is very appropriate since the main episode was with intern sam from rock in the suburb hope you like it kevin uh, can be reached on twitter at the cajun music man that's at sign d a c a g a u n m u s i c m a n at the cajun music man uh, so please check him out on twitter and i hope you enjoyed this little Lanyap, as we say in Louisiana. Thank you. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Setless and Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Setless and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.